It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter, two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality, and one based in, what do you bet on Twitter, with music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett. And with me, as per usual, we bring you Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam. Hey, John, what's happening, man? Uh, the team is in the playoffs. They landed the plane. <laughs> yeah. My God. Yeah, um, this is not uh, the expectation we had for this season. This is way better than that. Uh, I, we, we were supposed to be doing the post-mortem this week. Now, we might still be next week, but... I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, I mean, what I said, I said six and six and eleven was going to be a good season. Yeah, I think we were. I think I said seven and eleven or, or seven and ten or something like that. Yeah, and, we're somewhere and in if, there. And 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 if Jay Love looked as like a serviceable quarterback, we'd be happy. Yeah, we always wanted to see the improvement, and here we are. So it's good been a, been a fantastic week to be a Packers fan. Uh, Wisconsin sports in general going going pretty well at this point. Uh, first off, we want to remind you that we are on all the different uh, social media platforms for the most part. I think, I don't know, not everyone because there's too many. Uh, but you can find the show uh, on X Twitter. You can find it on Blue Sky. You can find it on Mastodon. And on each of those, it's just Scotty Johnny Pod. Uh, you can find me. I got different ones each place. All right. Uh, different Twitters and different, you know, zone. there's no rhyme for it. There's no rhyme. Sorry. Um, but I've got uh, at no, not so humble host on next Twitter. I've got the uh, at Je Barnett on Blue Sky and at Scotty Johnny over there at Mastodon. Aaron, how do people find you? Ah, you're gonna find me probably best at Cheddar Talk John at Cheddar Talk on Twitter X X Twitter and um, Apple Bottom Flatum and, and Blue Sky as well. Beautiful. All right. Well, let's get right into it since we already started talking about the Packers, and we will put everything into the segment here that we call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. All right. As Aaron already started us off with, we have a Packers playoff game coming this week. And um, the one I'll start this way. The fun thing that I've enjoyed, because I have very low expectations on this game um, is the, the, the number of Cowboys fans who are like, oh, no, oh, no, not again. You know, like they, they're having a weird PTSD moment from a lot of the Cowboys fans we're talking to. Um, yeah. But the Cowboys have been great at home. Their problems this year have been on the road where, like, their numbers cut in half. They're scoring cuts in half on the road. But they will be at home. And they will be playing our defense, which will not try. Uh, C.D. Lamb has been fantastic. He's been the best receiver in the league. I think he got the triple crown, right? Touchdowns, receptions, and yards. That sounds right. Um, yeah, he's been fantastic. Dak, especially at home, has looked very good, um, minimizing mistakes, uh, pushing the ball downfield well. The receivers have looked good. Um, they've got uh, Brandon Cooks as well. They haven't been getting what they wanted out of Pollard, but they're they're finding a, you know. Everything they need to know that passing game for the most part. So well, and Ferguson's yeah. turned into a pretty substantial tight end. You know, he's uh, Barry Alvarez's grandson. You ever heard? I that? did not know that, John. That is a, a weird fact that I'm surprised I did not know. Yeah, yeah. Who would? But no, he's turned into a pretty good court. He's been a pretty good tight end for them, um, for the most part. From what I, I mean, I've seen a couple Cowboys games this year. It's kind of hard not to. Yeah, they get they get put in prime time quite a bit, but uh, he's been there, and so. Yep, and it looks like a good team. I was blown away by the fact, though, that I, I guess once I stopped and thought about it, it made sense. But the fact that the Packers have never lost at that stadium, I suppose, yeah, because it's a new stadium. All they, of our they won, the Super, they won the Super Bowl there, and I think five games since then. The House of Horrors was the old right. Cowboy Stadium, the one with the hole in the roof, so so God could laugh at the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, and, and, that, and that's the thing, too. So you said that, you know, and in my head, I'm old enough that I still think I never want to see the Cowboys in the playoffs because that was right. I mean, how many more pack, how many more Super Bowls would the Packers have won if they wouldn't have gone to Dallas and lost during the they would have been the during, team of the 90s. They would have won three yeah. or four Super Bowls in the 90s had had they just not 
loss of the Cowboys every year. Because they beat the 49ers. And it's, and, it's, and it's all the Vikings' fault for giving them all that draft capital for Herschel Walker. Yeah. Anyways. But, it's the no, only I mean, thing they got it, out it was, of it. It was a house of horrors for the Packers for Packers fans. The uh, Favre finally got a Super Bowl once they didn't have to play the Cowboys in the playoffs. Yeah. And as we all remember at that point, we kind of wanted to that year because that, that was Team of Destiny feeling that year. There was just right. everything about it. But we didn't. We didn't play them that year, and it was what it was. And history was written then. But uh, looking back to this year then, I said last week I was going to be okay with whatever, but the same thing goes in that the difference this year is, you know, losing to the Bears is never something I can just kind of deal with. Um, You'd think you'd be able to stomach it, but by halfway through the first quarter, you're already yelling at the TV. (laughs) I was more calm than normal because, quite frankly, you know, growing up, you know, us through the '80s, um, there's always that anxiety about Bears Week. There's just a little extra something there, even in games where you're like, "We're going to win this by by three touchdowns," and they end up doing it. I am nervous at kickoff just because it's Bears, and it, it just means something more than watching the other games. Um, I didn't feel like this against the Vikings last week, but I did feel it this week, even though the the Vikings are better than the Bears. Um, Bears finish again fourth in the division. Again, you know they they're feeling really good about it, and there's almost the the kind of desire that maybe the little run they had, um, you know, beating bad teams, but beating them because we should have beaten several of these teams. Mm-hmm. Um, that that maybe they feel now that they've you know they found their answer at quarterback. Maybe they're okay. And all they need to do is some other – and the only problem would be that it means that the Bears are almost certainly going to draft uh, Harrison uh, Jr., which I think they might end up getting – well, probably won't end up getting anyway. It's going to be one of those two things. They're either going to get the quarterback or Marvin Harrison Jr. because right. they're now picking one and nine. So they're – you know, they Her- went from – Harrison's not going to make it out of the top three. No, top three, four would be as far as I can imagine it if somebody's dumb. But yeah, um, has he has he declared for the draft yet? I don't know that any of the Ohio State players had officially declared yet. I hadn't seen it at least. But he did not he, play the bowl game. He went the, and wore the jersey, but did not play. Yeah, because he boy, it's top three pick. He he has to go. Play, play in the playoffs. They didn't oh, make playoffs. They didn't make playoffs. Never mind. Mission, yeah. What am I thinking? Oh man, I'm my brain. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, and that's right. He did wear, but I mean, there's there's hot rumor of like twenty million dollars in NIL money coming in for him. Yeah. So, which we'll would see. supersede what he would make in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's an outside chance Marvin Harrison's not even in the draft. Yeah. So. Yeah, and if you know Jim Harbaugh leaves Michigan, maybe they'll think about stuff, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I would say, though, the, the biggest things here are just in looking at this game, if you're a Bears fan, you have to realize like the, the, the Packers' offense cut through your defense. And, and there were only 17 points, but that's because there was a fumble on a play where every wide receiver seems to have gotten it wrong. They were going to clearly run a screen, yep. and nobody turned to look for the ball. So Jordan Love ran away from the screen to try to get free, and there was a good tackle, and there was a turnover. It was the only turnover of the game. And you know they had that going against them in that one, but I don't, I don't believe the Packers punted once. You know, like they mm. went straight down the field. The timeout usage, you know, hurt them. There were a couple little errors just mentally that stopped them from scoring. Oh, uh, the, 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 the minute, the minute before the half was, uh, yeah, the that was that was abysmal. Coming out of the two minute warning, the Bears get sacked and have to sell for a field goal. The Packers allow them to run 30 seconds off the clock because they don't call a timeout. It's like, why would you do that? You know, if you don't have timeouts, don't have them while you're on offense because you can control when the ball gets snapped. You can't do that on defense. That, that part was pretty inexcusable. It didn't end up costing them at all because the bears could only put up nine points. um, And and, and just, that was it. Like, (laughs) so I don't know. It just feels like uh, the Packers' offense moved at will. They maybe moved a little slowly and controlled the ball against what is a good defense. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the Bears' defense did not at any point stop the Packers' team except for the one fumble, which was on a broken play. And, yeah, that was it. But other than that, anytime they needed to throw, 
uh, Fields was going to the ground. Anytime they needed to throw. Uh, they let him throw because nobody's afraid of him. And even though they were letting him throw, he only attempted 16 passes, right? Right. So that tells me two things. The Packers weren't afraid of him because of the way they were playing defense. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, the Bears don't trust him. Um, There was a fun thing. The the over-under on yards for Khalil Herbert was something like 64, 64 and a half or whatever. Mm-hmm. And at Acme Packing, they were like, that's just free money. What are you doing? He only got 28 yards on 12 carries, Khalil Herbert. Hmm. Uh, well, and, and the yeah. other thing is, too, is about t- speaking about not trusting fields, like the majority of the sacks were pressure up the middle. Mm-hmm. Like a running quarterback should be able to get away from pressure up the middle, right? Am I not wrong in thinking that? Like, if you can escape to the side. Yeah. yeah, Kenny was manhandling that center all day. There could have been 30 holding calls in that game, but they, they, there weren't. Uh, there Tevin weren't any penalties. Yeah, pretty much. Not. There was one, but it was not taken because it was did, did you, already did you first see time. that, though? It was, the, it was the longest into a game all season that any, any game had gone without a penalty. Nothing sure. until the fourth quarter. And then there was a false start. Well, there was an offsides, which was, of course, predicated by the tackle moving. Uh, but whatever. Didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh and it gave the Bears a first down, but whatever. The other big thing, though, is that it really could have been worse in another way. Uh, Bo Melton and Romeo Dobbs each have the ball in two hands in the end zone and yeah. do not complete the catches. Yeah. And that affected the final outcome. Yeah, you know, on the Dobbs catch, though, too, I mean, Melton, that one was uh, that one was rough. Uh, but with Dobbs, it was um, – he ended up on the sideline – spitting up blood after that play do do we know what happened because i think there was something a little bit more to that drop there. they they said chest injury from when he hit the ground which is is kind of pointed out this is the most chest injuries we've seen uh in in my history of watching football the number of chest injuries uh but yeah no he fell back hit hard the initial thought was maybe he bit his tongue when he hit the ground like that because it was a rough oh. hit but also then there was the um they said chest injury, so I'm guessing that when he dropped down, it something popped, and he had a guy land on him too, and he's flat on his back as that goes. So they said yeah, that. Rough. I haven't heard if he's on the injury report right now. I can check though. Yeah, and then Bull Melton's was that was the one where he was still juggling it when it hit the ground, right? Yes. Yeah, that was that was a lack of being on the field, I think. And he's been actually very good. I, I've been very excited having Bo Melton on the field because I thought he was good the last couple of years. His route running is good, which is why he's open. He also is, by the way, a guy who ran a faster 40 than Christian Watson. He ran a 4-3-4 to Watson's 4-3-6. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, he can he can fly. So, hmm. I'd like yeah. to see him in the open field one of these times because it seems like most of his catches have been kind of – a little bit in traffic, but I guess that first touchdown he caught against the Vikings, so he got to show off some speed. But he's um, he's got good lateral quickness too, which makes him a good route runner. Um, also helps him get off the line of scrimmage well. He he killed at the Senior Bowl doing that, so he's got that kind of shiftiness, which makes him a guy who could be good across across the middle, good in those kind of zone read type of things where he can get in there and do something after the catch. These and last two, these good. last two weeks, Jordan Love has had some wide open people too. Yeah, like it's it's incredible. On there's rarely a play where he drops back and someone's not five yards open. My you know, Tucker yeah. Craft, Tucker Craft is becoming a monster. That dude yeah. is always open. He is legit, and yeah. he knows what to do once he's got the ball. He's upfield and moving. He's everything he's, we hoped Tunyon would be. Yeah. He's, he's, he's just everything we hoped Tunyon would turn into and didn't quite do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been fantastic watching him him develop and grow through that role. Um, who are the other? I mean, just, yeah, a lot of guys wide open. My favorite part of the weekend, I guess, was at the end, Jaquan Brisker, who has become really good at saying things while doing nothing at all, Right. Um, was amazing. Because afterwards he says, we should have uh, – covered them better we should have been tighter up on them and i feel that we could have done that because they got no talent on that team there's nobody over there and we we should have just stopped them they're like and the best part is immediately gets responses from aaron jones they're like well why didn't you then isn't it your job to guard 
what are you doing back there? Aren't you in coverage? If only there was something you could have done about tighter coverage. And Preston Smith also got involved right away because, like, there's no talent over here. That's ridiculous. You got owned. Like, live with that. He started the season saying he doesn't know the people on this team and stuff like that. And he knows him now. Yeah, because it was ridiculous. He gets beat twice and gets run over on the passing game twice. And it's him. The only thing I ever saw him do in the game was try to start fights after the play was over. Mm-hmm. So I don't speaking, know. Speaking uh, speaking of that loser and uh, Aaron Jones, um, Aaron Jones, uh, they need to resign him. I don't care. When the season was on the line here at the end, he ripped off what four straight hundred yard games, mm-hmm. and he pretty much oh, sealed the yeah. deal on Sunday with that last run. When it was all right, we need one first down, and this thing's over. He went out there and got a first down on like a 10-yard run, too, I think it was. It, was, it wasn't a short run. No, and, and they were hard runs. Some of them I thought he was down, and he just pops out and goes. And, and he, if he wasn't before, he really has come out as a leader on this team. Him and you just said both of them, him and Preston Smith, you know, two guys that we thought maybe this would probably be their last season, you know. And Preston yeah. Smith was the, was the lesser of the two Smiths when we brought him in. Yes. You know, everyone thought, but in the end, Darius has been on two other teams, three other teams since then. Yeah. He was, I saw him on another team the other day. I forget even who it was, but um, I don't know who he plays for now, but uh, the Browns. Yeah. The Browns. He's on the Browns. Yeah. He's the Browns this year. So, but Preston has been a leader in the locker room. Um, Aaron Jones has been a leader in the locker room, you know, uh, Love is, and we'll move, move more into his role, but Love's also still, I, I, you know, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but he's kind of coming across as maybe kind of a quiet leader, you know, mm-hmm. so he's not afraid to talk. He's very well-spoken, but he's not, although sometimes on the field he is, but he is very, he's calm, you know, so yeah. like as far as your rah-rah guys, you know, Aaron Jones, man, and plus what were they saying that he is faster now than when he was a rookie? Yeah, so he's still... I'm looking at his spot track uh, page here. He's still under contract through next year, mm-hmm. um, but it's a it's a big number. <laughs> yeah. um, but also that does mean that if they cut him, he's going to have 12 million in dead cap. Right. Uh, so that's, but his, that's, some, that's something you're going to have to try and spread out over two years or something. His like cap that. hit for next year is 17 million. And honest to God, a 29 year old running back, he's not going to be commanding money elsewhere as a free agent, nobody will do that. No. So I think it might be in his best interest. Plus he wants to be a green Bay Packer, man. He loves it. Yeah. You know, he, he, he's, he's an honest guy that loves being a green Bay Packer guy, you know? And I mean, and the fans love him. We love him. He's a great player. He's a great yeah. personality when him and, uh, uh, uh Jamal, you Jamal, Jamal were the running backs. Yeah. They were the best. They were the best uh, comedy duo ever. Yeah. for a running back squad, you know? So, I mean, that dude, he's yeah. a big part of why they're in the playoffs. Let's just put it that way. Right? He, Even though he, he changes the offense when he's on the right. field. They are a different team when he's out there. He's the reason they beat the Bears week one. His receiving completely changed the the way they handled that Bears defense in week one. Uh, yeah, this, this team is not a playoff team without him at this point. And... You know, I mean, he's on the team next year. That's just happening because he's got a contract. He's not going anywhere else, right? Uh, so, yeah. We'll I just want, I just want, I just want Aaron Jones Packer for life. That's about it. So, yeah. I'm How much more he's got? You're, you're probably only going to get two more years out of him, anyways, because of his position. But I mean, that stat about him getting faster—that's incredible. You know, because usually by 29, you know, Sean Alexander was out of the league. So. Yeah, so the only way that anything changes on that front would be if they restructured and added years and money to the deal, but we'll have to see how that, that would go. Uh, but he is uh, effectively an unrestricted free agent after 2024, before the 2025 season. So, yeah. Okay. All right. But yeah. whatever whatever they can do with Preston, man. I mean, I know he's another aging vet, but, man, with a young team like this, you got to have some of those guys on there, and they've, they've proven – their worth down the stretch here. So Preston yeah. Smith might be having his best year as a Packer, you know, and he's making the Rashawn Gary's and the Loch Ness monsters better. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That dude's been turning on lately too, by the way. He's Preston's. Kind of, yeah. Van Ness has been more involved. 
He's got good discipline. We'll say that. Uh, what I've noticed when he's out there, Rashawn Gary being such a, a forceful uphill mover sometimes misses that run and gives up that, that cutback lane behind him. Van S has done a good job, what we would call uh, surfing down the line. You know, you yep. get heel depth, and then you stay square to the line of scrimmage. And when you see that tackle move inside, you slide down with him, you know, looking like a surfer kind of thing. But um, he does a good job collapsing down to the line, uh, cutting the gap, leaving nothing there. Uh, he did well in the run game last couple times. It's an interesting guy going forward is what they're going to be, be getting dude, out of dude, him. Young dude, team is great. He, dude's a sponge too, man. And yeah. that's why you got to have Preston there. He's learning. Everything he's doing, he's learning. He's completely raw, and mm-hmm. he's just got absolute strength. And I think part of it is that, you know, I don't know. I don't watch the L22 on him. I notice him when he's destroying a play, but it looks like he's just a straight-up bull rusher too, kind of. Like he ain't getting around. He's, he, if he's getting around people, it's, you know, shoving him out of the way, you know. That's his first move at least. That's the biggest one he's got, and he's good at it. So he's going to keep everything in front of him anyways. And God, he looks big. When he put him up against those those offensive tackles, he looks big. He's, yeah, he's bigger than they are. He's Captain he's, America. That's what he is. Yeah, he's going to, you know, I, I I had some questions early on in the season. You know, he ran down Justin Fields one time in the open field on the first week. And, you know, and it was like, is this guy going to be worth it? And I, as long as they keep developing him, man, he's, yeah. good God, he's a, a and then if you keep if you get a couple more good years out of Preston, you have Rashawn Gary on the other side and him, and then Clark up the middle. My God, man, yeah. <laughs> like that's some beef. Yeah. And then Devonte Wyatt. Then Devonte Wyatt has been playing really well lately. And, and Carl uh, Brooks I, as a draft pick was phenomenal. How many sacks does he have this year? It's great. What was he fifth round pick? Uh, that's a, yeah. And then Quay Walker whatever lumps he took last year as a rookie getting kicked out of a game, all this other stuff like that. I watched an interview with him and he looks like he matured 10 years mm-hmm. between last yeah. year and this year. Um, and he said in the interview too, about, uh, I, th- I might've been my Max Schneiderman, Matt Schneiderman, but, uh, I can't remember who did it, but it was, you could, he, he was talking like an adult and he's like, yeah, I made some stupid decisions. He's like, I was putting way too much pressure on myself. I wasn't learning. I was just, I was trying to do too much. I, I was getting in my own head. He's like, and and the interviewer even said something about that. Like, well, did you learn your lessons? Basically, you know, saying it in a very nice way. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, yeah, I was, I was, I did some dumb stuff last year. And he's like, he's like, I learned from all that. And he's like, you know, and I listened to the older guys and, you know, and he spoke very well. And, he, and he's been playing like he, he admitted that he knew teams were going to find ways to get under his skin because of how he, you know, messed up last year and got them in trouble. So, he he worked to overcome that, and good for him. It seems like it's working. He has played better the last several weeks, and I think part of it too is quite literally. Uh, I'll have to have to say it. Uh, Joe Barry has put him in position to make better plays, and he's allowed him to blitz a couple times. And when Quay is a great blitzer, my yeah. gosh, they should let him go a lot more. They could almost play him on the edge because he's got the size and speed, and he would be an incredible asset out there. But I, getting I, him I, up the I, middle has been great. Another just, and you said, you already said uh, uh, Brooks too. I mean, like the amount of talent they have in the front seven on the Packers is ridiculous. Yeah. Brooks needs to but, work on his run support, but he's been an incredible pass rushing. For a fifth round line. rookie, yeah. if that's all he's got to work on, that's amazing. Last year's draft, um, Gutekun's my God. And the only one who isn't playing is Dubose, and that's because there's too many other good young wide receivers. Yeah, so bad. And that was the uh, seventh round pick. You can miss on seventh rounders. You know? Right. <laughs> You're allowed to do that. Yeah. Uh, we're, so what we've got coming up now is the Cowboys. And we talked about it. Uh, my entire feeling, my my entire philosophy on this game is very much the way I felt uh, during the, the Super Bowl run last time, you know, the, the 2010 run, is – this is all gravy. I'm so excited that they got in the playoffs. And that year is very familiar, too, because it was like we needed to get in that last week. It was like just I just want to win this one game, and then I'm kind of fine. And they got in, and I said, I'm fine with this. And then they played the wild card round, and they won. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. We get another week. Yeah, and the next round, I'm like, that's fine. If they lose this week, it's fine. And then they got in, and they won that next round. And then they had the Bears the NFC title game, and I said, this is different. Don't don't lose to the Bears. Don't don't lose to the Bears. Right. And then the Super Bowl, I also I was like, it's good enough. 
And my feeling right now, since we will not play the Bears, is whatever game we're watching this year, um, it's good enough. I would still like them to win desperately. Well, dear but God, if they could win the Super Bowl, that'd be great. But, you know, if they win a single game, game, if they just beat the Cowboys, that would be over the moon because well, we don't was, belong. That was going to be my take on it. Was like the uh, the run the table year when the Packers yeah. had to win every single game to get in and then barely got in. And then they went down to Dallas. And, of course, uh, Rodgers hit Cooks for those two just bombs. And then uh, Mason ran it through the uprights as time expired to win what was seven thirty seven thirty four. I don't remember the final, but yeah. Yeah, whatever, you know, and then uh I it didn't even bother me that they got smoked by the Falcons the next week. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh whatever. Yeah. We shouldn't even be in this damn game anyways. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was I, I, I don't care. It was everything so, you needed and there's like I'm content with this. This is this that, is all I needed. That was uh what's his name, the cornerback getting just torched by Julio Jones. And then, uh, Demarius Randall. Oh, Gunther. That's right. Gunther was in there. Gunther is out there because of injuries and just got torched. And that, of course, was the Falcons team that should have beaten the Patriots in the Super Bowl, but gave up the 28 to 3 lead. Couldn't be bothered. I mean, that's how good that Falcons team was. But, anyways, yeah, no. So, yeah, I'm with you, John. Like, they're in uh, the, the fact that they could get into the playoffs on a rebuild year is such a slap in the face to so many organizations that have been rebuilding for what seems like decades, you know, in some cases, you know, the, the bears have been rebuilding for four years, you know, <laughs> with fields and, and the, and, and, and the, several and more years before that. Yeah. <laughs> and ding, ding dong. The witch is dead. Aaron Rodgers is gone. Packers take your place at the cellar of the NFC North. You're going to be there for a while, you know, and then, to be one of the two teams that makes it into the playoffs out of the North. Um, yeah. And including uh, a Vikings team that after winning in green Bay looked like it was poised to make a run for the top and take out the lions. But of course that happened. And um, either way, I that's yeah. And it's, since it's the bears and the Vikings too, that are getting the biggest slaps in the face and there's uncertainty in Minneapolis and there's uncertainty in Chicago. And it seems like, what wasn't certain six, seven weeks ago with the Packers isn't uncertain anymore. Right. And I think having our attitude towards this game, because if they just get run, like we can't just have that be the end of the season. Go, That was a terrible season, blah, 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 whatever. From here on out, it has to be, this season is a good season. Stamp it. And now whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And here we go. All right. Aaron, do you, do you think the Packers – what are the odds you think the Packers beat the Cowboys? Well, you know, you mentioned it earlier. The Cowboys at home are ridiculous this year. Yeah. But on the road, they suck. You know, they're not good in some cases. Um, was it the Giants that just kind of whomped on them? Well, the Giants beat up on the Eagles last week. But yeah, oh, that's what, that's what I'm thinking. I'm sorry, that was a game I was watching, but they lost a game pretty bad on the road. Who was that too? Oh, they had I a couple. They had a couple. Oh, weird San Francisco. San Francisco took them apart, didn't they? Oh yeah. Uh, let's what, see all their stuff. Uh, Eagles beat them 23 mm. <laughs> They did beat the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, Bills took them apart, 31-10. That- that was the one, yeah. That in Buffalo, and it they looked like a nothing team. Which I get that, like everybody has a stinker of a game, but I mean, not if you're. So I mean, if the Cowboys show up and they do what they're supposed to do, it probably won't even be particularly close. And if Joe Barry goes into some shell defense and they allow CD Lamb to tear it up underneath, um, yeah, it's going to be a long day. Yeah, um, if the plan is going to be stop the yards after catch with C.D. Lamb and just try to keep it in front of us, we're going to lose badly, and they will score on every drive. But if the Packers if, who beat the Kansas City Chiefs show up. Yeah, if the Packers show up and say pressure on Dak all day, we're going to have to do some you know man <laughs> under two or something like that and, and, and get pressure on the quarterback and attack the line of scrimmage and make that ball come out faster than he wants to to help out the corners – Maybe that's the only way they win is they're going to have to attack and take some risks and they're going to have to pay off, not just take the risk, but the risks are going to have to pay off for this to go anywhere. So I guess we'll, we'll see how that goes, but. And, and if Jair lives up to his contract and can stick on CD lamb. <laughs> yeah. To keep, to keep him under a hundred, keep him to one touchdown and a hundred yards. 
that would, would be amazing. Be yeah, then then they got a chance. Uh, as it is, I think the Cowboys win. Like, ooh, ooh I'm gonna say thirty-one twenty-four. Yeah, I wasn't gonna give. I was gonna say more around like a thirty. 18 score somewhere in okay. that range. I think the Packers can move the ball. And that'll be the other thing. I think if the offense controls the ball and just makes no mistakes and moves down the field, I mean, they're going to basically have to try to find a way to score every drive too, kind of like how they handled the Bears. Yeah. Bears yeah, defense, it, I, I think, would trust more than this Cowboys one. But this Cowboy one is very opportunistic. They get a ton of takeaways, and they turn them into touchdowns. You know, like the, their pick six is was bland set the record yeah. yeah so yeah him and him and uh Diggs's brother are both very opportunistic corners but they also can um, get burnt yeah they can but they can also burn you that's yeah you it's, know, it's so risk reward yeah and the other problem is too is that you know it's the Packers are going to have to score on every drive because they're not going to get the ball nearly as much as they have the last two weeks because when you have the Cowboys who can keep the ball for eight ten minutes at a crack you know running a drive yeah. I mean, it's going to be more getting the 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 Cowboys' offense off the field. I said eighteen because I was thinking like two touchdowns, two field goals, which I know I understand math. That's twenty. I get it, but not if Anders Anders is missing extra points. Then oh. it makes sense. That's completely right. Um, but uh, so you figure they're going to get a couple, like three, four scoring chances, at least. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, John. I, oh. I don't think I don't think it's going to be good, but it, uh, I will cheer my hardest for my team because I love them. So <laughs> that's exactly right. All right. So what we've got next, since we don't have Badger uh, football, we do have uh, some Buck scores this week. So yeah, uh, yeah. And the big the big thing too is like the next one is kind of what we've looked at. The Bucks did not look did not look good this week. They did get you know got the the Spurs and that helped, but losing to the the Rockets and the Jazz here in some bad ones where they only put up I mean they don't hit 120 in either game. They lose 112, 108, 132 to 116. Uh and they're going to have the Celtics now. The and, Celtics and the Bucks are up. down 31 at half to the Utah team. Yeah. Cuz I you I, know, tune tune yes. in and they're down 72 to 41 or something like that. It's like my god, what is going on here? Like I'm I'm sorry. I know we're in the mid mid and they they ended up catching up. They almost completely erased the deficit in the third period but my god like a team that's this good shouldn't be that lopsided at any point during a game so well and, and this bucks team getting 108 against houston uh i mean in houston whatever i don't care uh it, mm. they, they need to they need to be able to put up points in that one and they get they get 108 they get 48 from Giannis. And I mean, he's taking twenty-five shots. Nobody else is. Only one other player taking more than ten, and that's Lillard taking going five of sixteen. Um, yeah. Hey, 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 just real quick on an aside. I don't remember if it was Houston or San Antonio, but Kevin Harlan had one of the great calls of his career. Did you hear that one? <laughs> no, I, I guess I'm not sure which one you're talking about. Lillard, Lillard hit a three-pointer from about forty-five feet out. Well, that's not not Houston then, because he was one of seven from three in that oh, okay. game. Okay, so it was it was against the Spurs then, because it wasn't the win too. But sorry, like, one of eight. Yeah, because it was a, that was the TNT game. Harlan was on with uh, God, who was his play by play? But it was great. Harlan's the best. Like he's so good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you're you're right on that point. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. I tried to put my finger on what exactly is going on in these two games. Uh, like. It was a far more balanced game against the Jazz, right? Like it was a far more balanced game. Several people scoring. The shots were more even. I I think the Rockets game just got away from him, and Giannis just tried to take over. And sometimes he can, and he definitely did at this point. But I mean, the rest of the entire team scored sixty total points uh, to his forty-eight. If you got a star who puts up forty-eight, you you have to win that game. I just, right. That Rockets game is frustrating. Cause first off, they're not good. Yeah, the Rockets, the Rockets are not good. I mean, they have a winning record and they were at I home. Mean, so the Spurs, but it doesn't yeah, matter. I, so that they're, that's a terrible team. Terrible time. And <laughs> terrible time. Whatever. Uh, but I mean, only getting, what do they have? They had 
shoot 18 points in first quarter, 25 points in second quarter. They don't hit 50. Um, they had 43 points in a half of, of NBA basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that that's unacceptable. And, and yeah, Lillard going one of eight from three. Um, Lopez going one of six from three. Middleton going zero of six from three. Uh, I guess you just you just chalked it up as that can't happen again. Like that kind of shooting is just. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is one thing I have noticed about this team, and I'm, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I know. I, I don't think I'm breaking any news here, but man, and this is a, was a problem last year too with, with the old edition of this team too. But God, is there is there a team that can get more collectively cold from three than the Bucks? Like yeah. usually, usually like uh, if one dude's shooting like one for six, somebody else is pulling it up with a four for seven, you know, or something like that. I mean, the Bucks will just go like one for, you know, 19 as a squad in a quarter. And yeah. it's like, my God, what is, how, how, how does that work that nobody, I mean, it, it, with the shooters that they have too, between Lillard, Brooks and Beasley, I, one of them should be making threes, right? <laughs> Somebody <laughs> somewhere you would have to figure, but just... Yeah, that game, nothing happened. Um, no. Were they looking ahead? I mean, like I'm hoping that that's what happened is that they were. I hope so. They were hoping, and they were they were thinking about the Celtics because the Celtics are coming, and that one does kind of matter in the long run. And I know that this is the thing is this team has shown time and again they don't need to get up for those games that they're going to win enough and they know they're going on. But I would like to see them have some urgency in a game like this, I guess, is what I what I would personally like to see is them say, we can mess around with Houston. We can mess around with, you know, the Pacers. But, hey, we got the Celtics, and that's the game we, we need to put some emphasis on. I guess uh, the Rockets are a little bit better than I thought they were, and the Jazz are on them. Eight and two in the last ten, so it's a little bit better than I thought it was. But still, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they were looking past it. So I don't know. Even through all that garbage, though, the Bucks are still second in the East. So yes, that, that's correct. They're still there. They're just that now they're three and a half back. They were, I think, two back last week when we were talking. Finally, three and a half back. Uh, they're a game ahead of the Sixers. Um, mm-hmm. They're really. They are really, which is odd for a more veteran team, not doing anything on the road. And I guess, no. I mean, that's kind of an NBA. It looks more in like an NBA thing, but they're nine and eight away from Pfizer. And I'll grant yeah. this. Um, the Celtics have not lost a single game at home. They are 17 and 0 at home, which is, is insane. remarkably in- insane for the NBA to just not have a single game. In 17 home games where you you messed up and had a bad shooting night, but they're 11 and eight on the road. That's incredible. Um, so those are those are those are rough ones. Those are, that, I mean, and even we're like the Knicks, they're they're 11 and four at home and 11 and 11 on the road. And I guess I don't know. Like it seems odder for something like that. Like the NFL, you get home field advantage. MLB has to have the largest home field advantage because the entire field is literally different sizes. Right. Um, what you are looking at as your batting is literally a different, but the NBA is, you know, like Hoosiers like, oh, look, it's the same height. And you know, all this is the same. Everything's the same. All the measures are the same. The lighting's the same. The crowd is different. The noises are different. That's true. And you're not at home. You're not sleeping in your bed, but obviously just the home road splits this year are remarkable to me, I guess. Um, these, these teams having that kind of advantage, um, Timberwolves are like that on top of the uh, West too. They're yeah. fourteen and two at home. Well, the Celtics will be coming into Fiserv, so you know maybe that'll help. But you know they they did just lose to the Jazz at home. That's one of the Bucks' losses, uh, losing mm-hmm. by sixteen to the Jazz at Fiserv. Again, my hope is they overlooked them and that they're going to be ready for the Celtics coming up on the eleventh on Thursday night here. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's that's kind of where I'm going, and and I mean just again that Rockets game, I'm just going to chalk up to, like you said, it's a ridiculous oddity that you could have an entire team be as cold as that. It just doesn't make right. sense. They just they just weren't hitting it, they weren't seeing it, nothing was going down. There's there's just a lid on it from deep. So yeah, that's no good. But 
We also had disappointing losses in, in Milwaukee for uh, Pfizer uh, for, for before the Marquette Golden Eagles. And mm-hmm. uh, that one just also blows my mind. Like, they just beat Creighton. They got all up. They got excited. They beat uh, a ranked Creighton team. They were ranked number seven. And then they play Seton Hall, and, and they lose to Seton Hall. And just, I mean, it's a road game, and all road games are harder and all that. I mean, I think college road matters way more than, you know, it, it, in all sports. Mm-hmm. Um, because the crowd is a different type of crowd, being the fact that you have a student section. And that that is something that no NBA team, no matter how much you think you've got, has anything that approaches a student section. Right. Um. So yeah, Marquette now though falls to two and two. That like Seton Hall is three and one in in the Big East, and Marquette is two and two. I mean, Providence lost now. Seton Hall lost. This is just a. Uh, I don't know. This one just feels like a bad loss, and and they were down by three at half, and then they played them in just points wise exactly even for the second half. Uh, just. I don't know. Didn't get things out of several people that they, they would expect from uh, Kolick. You don't always want him to be a leading scorer, but he didn't score in this game. He was not doing well. He's one of six. He gets them five. He's normally a double digits kind of guy, or at least approaching that. He has led the team in scoring at several points this year. Uh, Igudaro finally just blasts out and gets you 22, but then, you know, you don't get anything from Kolick. You, you don't get much from Mitchell here. Um, Joplin gets you 15, which is nice, but then yeah, they are only getting 11 points off that bench. So, like I said, this is the feel on this team is different. They did play a full 10 people in the game. Uh, some of them just late, only a minute or two here, and you expect them to go a little deeper from what we've seen from this team over the last two years with Shaka Smart. But he's become very reliant on his starting five. I mean, they're great. They're a very good starting five. But yeah, I mean, Kolick doesn't get you the points. It it makes it harder to do the things they do. Uh, giving up seventy eight is not terrible. I mean, that's that you you're you feel very good about that. Uh, they had fourteen steals as a team. Uh, they only the, Seton Hall only had six, right? So it's twenty two turnovers to ten, and that's you know Seton Hall's the twenty two. Marquette did a lot of things they wanted to do. They worked their defense the way they wanted to. They just they're shooting sixty nine percent from their free throws. Uh, who's I don't see who's really killing them on that. They're just it's not nine of thirteen on free throws. Whereas uh, yeah, Seton Hall is six uh, fourteen of sixteen points wise. The free throws again gets them. They're they're shooting less than the other team is making they shoot 13 the other team makes 14 that's how they lost to wisconsin that is how they they lost to one of providence the the times when they have troubles are getting in those fouls and giving up the the free points that that you get those free shots and that's the difference in this game again so marquette was favored by four and a half in this one and they lose by three so that i don't know it They've well, got a bounce in, back in, on this in one. The Big East right now, too. They're buried. I know it's early in the conference season yet, but they're buried in the Big East already. They're already in seventh place. Yeah, they're down behind Providence and Creighton and St. And Seton, John's. And Seton, Seton Hall is number one in the conference right yeah. now, too, oddly enough, and they're not even ranked. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, I mean, it's like I said, it's early in the season. It's not, you, the, you know, sooner or later, the conference record will straighten out, but... Um, but this is the it, point where we it, thought Marquette was going to start making hay and, and feel good until they were playing, you know, all correct. the way down to, to it's, it's a while. They got Seton Hall again. They got St. John's twice, Villanova, DePaul, before they have to play someone like UConn. We thought, well, until February, they're going to be playing unranked teams in the conference and, you know, they're going to find ways to beat them. This is a rough start. Yeah, Cole, yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just. It's not their game. It's it's not going the way they wanted. There, they've got to they've got to be more consistent with their scoring when they have the ball on offense. Their points per possession is a thing that's going to have to go up. They're getting enough defense. They have to start converting their offensive drives into points. Uh, 
and and and, and finishing that stuff. So they just need to get that game going. I think their defense is still good. It's still there, and it travels. But yeah, that's one they should have won. They really should have beaten Seton Hall, and that one's. I think that one's going to bother them for a while. At least I hope so. We don't have a Badger game to talk about. They didn't play it. They, they'll have uh, Ohio State coming up on the 10th, which will be tomorrow if you're listening because we record on Tuesday nights now. Uh, Marquette will still have uh, the next one. will also be on the 10th. They'll be playing Butler, the Butler Bulldogs. However, though, yeah. as long as I'm looking at the standings, Wisconsin is technically on top of the Big Ten right now. Correct. Yeah, they are. They're in Minnesota. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> because, of course, Nebraska beat Purdue today. That's so weird. And Purdue also lost to Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes no sense. I don't understand the season at all yet. Um, it'll hopefully round into shape. I still have to say I believe in Marquette as a team, and I believe th- they will round into shape before the season ends and be ready. I think it's getting harder and harder to get that one seed. I don't think there's a great team yet, though. Like Purdue and Kansas were the teams we've been talking about in that one spot for a while. Mm-hmm. They're not really pulling away from anybody, though. Like you no. said, you know, Purdue keeps finding ways to lose the teams they should not be losing to. Uh, their guard play is not what it had been uh, last year, and so it's definitely hurting. But they do have the best player in college basketball, so that makes up for a lot. So the biggest thing is now looking at this team and looking at what they've got to do. Marquette needs to find ways to make somebody – other than Kolick, a leading scorer, as much fun as Kolick is as a guy who can create and make things happen, you really need. This is where they're miss, missing uh, Omax, you know, uh, Olivier Maxens Prosper, a lot from last year is his scoring ability down there, and to get the follow ups and get those tip ins and those extra plays, they're not getting as much of that from Joplin as they got from Prosper. And now, you know, when you had Joplin coming off the bench to do that then he could be that spark uh, and, and get that going. And I think they really are missing Omax more than maybe we thought they would. But somebody other than Kolek, I mean, Kolek right now is the team's leading scorer, points per game, and assist leader. And we need to see Igodaro more involved in that. We need to see some of these other guys taking over and and spelling him and getting him the opportunities to do other things. Uh, so I, I just I want to see more from all those other players, I guess, is my thought on this team. I can't get over how many D1 basketball teams there are, man. <laughs> I don't I don't go on the standings page nearly enough because, I mean, usually, you know, it's – but I, I just wanted to see where Marquette was in the standings right now, and I, I just – I some of these leagues just kill me. <laughs> well, you could go down and look at the, what's going on and, yeah, you look at the standings. You know, the most important one, of course, too, is trying to see what's going on in the Horizon League. The Horizon League, that's that's one I like that. Uh, and, of course, Milwaukee's in that one. And UWGB. On, UWGB, but then, like, the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. Yeah, rough weeks this week for GB. I think the Panthers uh, were playing uh, who they, they had Cleveland State, and then Green Bay mm-hmm. was playing Oakland. Uh, both fall. They're all still in it for that conference championship. There's nobody walking mm-hmm. away with that conference right now. Purdue, Fort Wayne, the Mastodons. <laughs> Currently mm-hmm. four and one on top of the horizon, Marquette or Milwaukee is right there at three and two. Green Bay at four and two, I think, is the best story. The turnaround they've had in that program so quickly. To I mean, I don't think they won a game. No, they won like two or three last year because I think they they had a couple ones they stole in there. But yeah, no the the fact that they're in it again and competing is right. is great because I love. Yeah. Okay. I always remember, and I'm sure you remember. Of course, the current head coach for University of Virginia yeah. got UW-Green Bay to a Sweet 16. Right. The pride of Stevens Point, Wisconsin, uh, Tony Bennett, whose father coached the Pointers and then the Badgers, and whose uncle then coached the Pointers to several national championships as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, well, and, and, and help me out, too. Didn't one year we end up with Green Bay, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and Marquette all in the tournament? Yeah, I think that was the... Uh, Oh, five, oh, four, maybe the oh, yeah. four. I mean, it's always fun to see all of them in it. No, like 2005 want, March. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want all, you know, why wouldn't you want all four D1 teams from your state in it? So, yeah, 100%. Yeah, 
I mean, we're going to have to bring back the segment again where we do uh, where we research another university. Who is the Oakland Golden Bears? We're going to learn more about them. Who's on them? Or the Oakland Golden Grizzlies. Golden where, Grizzlies. Where is that? They're in Oakland. <laughs> like Oakland, Oakland, California? I believe so. In the Horizon League? I don't know. It's a weird league. Because, I mean, what is NKSU? North Kentucky? Um, Northern, Northern Kentucky, Kentucky North. State. The Northern Kentucky Norse. That's right. They're the Norse. Because they're oh, you know northern Kentucky, northern Kentucky. Um, <laughs> it's like it's like when people down here when I moved down to Janesville and anything north of Portage is up north, and you're uh, like, wait, there's still a whole another part of the state, bro. Yeah, that's so. it's that's a frustrating thing to hear uh, over and over again. Yeah. Uh, right. Oh no, they're Oakland University in Auburn Hills, Michigan. You got me. Okay. I was gonna say not in the horizon. I mean, I mean, for God's sakes, who San Jose State for football belongs to the ACC now? Is that how that works? <sighs> Could be. It's, it's something. It's some all gonna garbage. be weirder and different next year. Yeah, it's it's so garbage. But yeah, so like IUPU, uh, IUP, UEPUE, yes, yeah, yes. UEPUE, uh, Wright State, uh, yeah. Youngstown State, the Penguins, of course. So, but that's All the Horizon right. League. So, anyways, right. just a just a, just a just a look at the Horizon League because Aaron pulled open the stats page for the first time during a podcast in a year. It is so. it is a fun league. So yeah, who's the All only right. D one? Who's the only D one independent school, John? Oh gosh, you're killing me. I'd have to look. I don't know offhand. Chicago State Cougars. Anyways, oh okay, and the Badgers beat them this year. Yep. All right, uh, we're going to wrap up the the last few stories, everything that we have here in a segment of our show that we lovingly call Our Last Call. Time to look around and get your bearings. It's time for the last call. All right, I want to start last call with hockey, just because it was another great weekend for the Wisconsin Badgers men's team. They are now the number three ranked team. Badgers are number three in both polls, men's and women's polls. Um, men's hockey now wins their ninth straight. They go to South Bend and they sweep Notre Dame. All right. So Wisconsin, the first night, uh, they get a 2-1 win. Rough fought, defensive battle. Uh, they give up a shorthand goal in the second period after, well, they scored halfway through second. Owen Lindmark from uh, Joe Palatichuk. And then the the uh, fight in Irish came right back, tied it up with a shorthanded goal. And then Charlie Strammel, who is a first-round pick for the Badgers, uh, number nine, he got a power play goal from Lindmark and Tyson uh, Deke. So, yeah, that's the quick one. And then we thought, like, with the Badgers' defense and the fact that McClellan was named the National Goalie of the Month this last month, um, the Badgers got off to a super hot start. They were up 4 one at the end of the first period and you're like game is over uh goals from william whitelaw and then two straight goals from matthew de saint foul uh the second one was a power play goal and you're just like yeah this is gonna be great um there was a goal then by notre dame and wisconsin gets four one by a goal by zach schultz uh cruz lucius two of the assists in that first period uh but yeah then they even get up 5-1. Power play goal by Simon Tassi uh, for Palatichek and Deke. But then three straight goals for uh, for Notre Dame to make it 5-4. In a ridiculous turnaround for a team that has built themselves on discipline and defense. Uh, give up three straight goals. But then come right back. Uh, ben Dexheimer uh, getting one from uh, Sly and Tassi to make it 6-4. And then it becomes 7-4 with the empty net goal by Carson Bantle to uh, to get them the, the 7-4 win. Badgers win again. Badgers, like I said, number three, receiving five first-place votes. Now 18-4 and four on the year. They move up from five. They jump over uh, Quinnipiac and North Dakota. They are only behind BC and BU right now in men's hockey. Uh, so that... I just love this. this. This turnaround has been so incredibly wonderful to, to watch. It makes me so happy. Uh, the women's team gets two straight 6-1 to one wins over Merrimack. Uh, they get goals from uh, uh, Lacey Eden, Layla Edwards, Britta Curl, uh, 
oh, sorry, Lacey Eden had two goals, and so did uh, Layla Edwards, and then uh, Cassie Hall and uh, Britta Curl had the other two goals on Friday. Uh, Saturday night, they came back in. They get, again, a six-goal uh, six lead to start off with. Uh, two goals by Kirsten Sims, goal from uh, Sarah Wozniewicz. Uh, Cassie Hall gets another one. Lane Potter and Britta Curl uh, involved as well. So there they are, and they get late power play goal for Merrimack to make it 6-1. Uh, Badgers improved to 16-4. and Remain number three in the women's poll right now. Ohio State still getting all the first-place votes, all 20 first-place votes at this point. Um, men's D3 hockey, uh, WIAC, we saw Northland had a very rough weekend. They lose 3-5 to to St. Mary's of Minnesota, and then they lose 10 nothing to St. Olaf, the Oles. Uh St. Mary's is actually the Cardinals. They don't have a, a fun Minnesota sort of name, but there you are. Um, UW Stevens Point beat Hamlin, the Pipers, uh, five to one, and then they beat really? Augsburg. Yep, the Hamlin Pipers. Yep. Why have we never? I don't think we've ever said that. It before. looks like a Pied Piper guy too. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then Stevens Point beats Augsburg four to two uh, in uh, Minneapolis. So they spent the weekend up in the Twin Cities. Uh, Stout lost to Bethel, and then had a four-four tie against Hamlin. And then River Falls had a 3-1 to one win over Bethel. And Eau Claire, uh, they took a split from the weekend as they lose 3-2 to two to St. Olaf Oles and then beat St. Mary's 5-0. Uh, currently sitting in an immense pull for D3. Stevens Point uh, remaining at number 8. With the losses, though, Eau Claire slides all the way from 9-12. to 12. Uh, St. Norbert now and the others receiving votes. Uh, sadly, though, it looks like uh, UW-Superior has fallen out of the others receiving votes at this point. Uh, women's hockey, we had uh, Northland falling to Aurora of Illinois. Uh, and then we had Hamlin taking out Stevens Point 7-1. River Falls taking out Concordia Moorhead, the Cobbers, literally actually the Cobbers. Uh, they beat the Cobbers 7 to nothing. Uh, that's going to be something. Marion. Uh, Marion, uh, which is Wisconsin University, they beat Superior 4 to 3. Eau Claire beat St. Norbert 3 1. And uh, like I said, there was a split then. Northland previously beat Aurora, but then also lost to them. Uh, so 4 1 loss, 2 1 win for them. Uh, the win coming in overtime. Augsburg beat Superior on Tuesday this week. And then uh, River Falls beat St. Scholastica. Uh, there was a game supposed to be between Concordia of Wisconsin and Stevens Point. That did not happen. In the women's current poll, we still have River Falls receiving every single first-place vote. This team has been the bridesmaid, never the bride, always going into the tournament as a number two or three seed and then losing immediately. But right now, 14-0, and 0, remaining number one ahead of uh, Gustavus and then Amherst and then Adrian. Uh, they are receiving every single first-place vote. Uh, in terms of other things, uh, there was no wrestling match uh, this week for the Badgers. Uh, they will have coming up a duel against 21st-ranked Oklahoma on uh, Friday, January 12th. Uh, so that should be an interesting one. After that, on 13th Saturday, they will be uh, they will have another duel uh, against Virginia. These will both be in Virginia. It's the Virginia duels at Hampton, Virginia. So they will be Oklahoma on Friday and then Saturday against Virginia. So that's where that is. And I don't have anything else right now. Aaron, did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, I am good to go, John. I think uh, I'm just looking forward to the game this weekend. And uh, yeah. go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for another wonderful week of Wisconsin sports. We're always glad to have you with us here in Wisconsin, across the United States, and around the world. Remember to follow us on Axe Twitter, on uh, Mastodon, and on Blue Sky. And remember, whether you are on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.